hi-hat brewing mf'er <laughs> i let that one play a little longer than i probably should have hopefully that doesn't get the podcast muted for copyright who remembers that song by the way if you're a hip-hop fan at all or if you grew up between the years of like if you were born between like 82 and 91 at some point you probably bumped that <laughs> so uh shout out to pd pablo uh, I thought it was relevant, even though he is shouting out North Carolina. I'm actually recording this podcast in South Carolina. Uh, so a little bit of remote location recording. Not the first time I've done that. I actually recorded one in Washington, D.C. Uh, one time before. Uh, but this one I'm reporting live from Columbia, South Carolina, actually in an Airbnb right now. Um a pretty decent Airbnb. I apologize if there's a slight hum in the background. There is uh, an air conditioning unit running, um, but it's hot outside, so you're just going to have to deal with it. Hopefully, you can still hear me. Um, as I said, Airbnb, uh, and the reason I'm in South Carolina is because I'm currently on my way to Arkansas, uh, sort of my midway point on the trip out to Palo Alto. As you know, if you've been following along on any of my social media, uh, Hi-Hat Brewing is headed to California, but not before stopping home to see family, uh, pick up the girlfriend, things like that. So uh, currently on my first leg of the trip from Maryland to Arkansas, I'm spend, spending the night in South Carolina uh, just to kind of, I don't really like driving more than about eight hours, uh, eight to 10 in the car. And that's about all that I, I really want. My hips get tight, my back starts hurting, I start feeling like I'm going to get a a pulmonary embolism or something like I just I don't like riding for that long so uh, I usually try to plan all of my road trips uh, to where I'm making a stop about eight or ten hours in and you know that wouldn't be so bad if all my road trips weren't completely across the country which it just so happens that the last two have been so it still takes a couple of days Um, but I don't mind it I try to plan the stops at interesting areas or places I haven't been Uh, haven't been to either of the Carolinas I just drove through North Carolina briefly uh, didn't get to stop or see much other than maybe a gas station. Um, upon arriving in South Carolina, uh, the very first thing I did actually, uh, before I, actually before I get into that, because this is going to be a good segue into that, uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm not going to make you wait till the end. If you saw the title of the podcast, my top three travel tips uh, or road trip tips, if you will, uh, from someone who has made a lot of road trips. Number one thing, in my opinion, and this this could be a personal thing. Uh, this may be a very depending on your personality traits. Uh, I would recommend planning ahead, and by that I mean take time a few days before your trip, maybe even a week before your trip. Uh, you probably already got your hotel rooms booked or your Airbnbs. I actually don't mind using Airbnbs. I found that if you search, uh, I'll compare the price of hotels and Airbnbs and I'll look at what's available. I never do Airbnbs where it's just a bedroom. I always look for a private uh, private house, private you know, guest house, full apartment, something like that. I don't really feel comfortable just walking into someone's home and they're in the living room watching TV and you're spending the night in one of the bedrooms. Uh, I never do that, even though that is an option. Um, but, but I'll search out the ones that are just private homes. Even the full houses or full apartments or full guest houses in some areas uh, you can still get for 40 to 50 bucks a night uh, in some cases. And if that's the case, I'll usually opt for that, especially if the reviews are good. Uh, but I'll compare it to the hotels. If I can get, you know, a Motel 6 or something that's, that's decent, 
for 40 or 50 bucks, uh, I'll, I'll go with that. But just so happened in South Carolina, I was able to get an Airbnb, and it's actually pretty nice. I'll detail it a little more in a second. But uh, basically just planning where you're going to stay, uh, plan the stops that you're going to make. If there's anything, if there's any landmark or anything you really want to see, uh, go ahead and have that planned beforehand. Um, hold on a second. I think I just saw a live bug. Wait a minute. False alarm. It was just a leaf falling off of a plant. Uh, fun fact about hi-hat brewing, I do not do bugs, particularly creepy crawling ones. Um, but anyway, as I was saying, planning your trip ahead, you know, knowing what kind of stops you're going to want to make, uh, if there's any landmarks or national parks or anything like that you're going to want to stop at along the way, plan that out ahead of time. It just helps to have structure. I like to make a note in my phone of everything I'm going to do, the rough amount of time it's going to take to get from point A to point B, uh, any stops I want to make along the way, things like that. Just planning my trip so you're not in traffic, GPSing, Googling things, looking for how to get there. You know, it just helps to avoid all that stuff. But if you're the type of person that likes a little bit more spontaneity, then maybe that's not important to you. Um, number two thing, and probably important no matter who you are or what your personality type is, check your routine uh, vehicle components. You know, and this may seem like common sense, but I think it's, a, it's something that a lot of people don't consider, especially when you're getting ready to make a trip that's a, a fairly long one. Like this one I'm making, for instance, I'm driving 16 hours in this first two days and then another, uh, let's see, 21, 24 hours, 26 hours maybe even, uh, later on this week getting into California. So when you're in a vehicle for that amount of time, you're going to be using things and depending on things a lot longer and for a lot more duration than you normally would in just day to day, like going to work. So even if it's a vehicle that you drive every day, uh, things like your air conditioning, your tire pressure, your windshield wipers, um, I mean, things like that, your headlights, these are all things that aren't used to being on for hours and hours and hours at a time. So even though it may have been working fine in the weeks leading up, still probably not gonna hurt to give it a once over uh, maybe even have it looked at if you don't have the means. Um, you don't want to be out on the road and something quit working and then you're scrambling to try to get a fix, you know, in the middle of your road trip. So just be sure and take the time to give the vehicle a good once over. And third, but certainly not least, uh, pack some good, healthy, wholesome road snacks. And I don't mean going to Sam's Club and getting the big multi-pack of, of potato chips. Uh, a box of king size candy bars and some and some Sam's Choice Cola. Even though those things are all delicious, I mean, think about it. you're going to be in the car for several hours. You don't want to have to stop and eat every time you're hungry. You don't want to have to get a junky snack food every time you stop to get gas or spend that money. Especially if you've got people in the car with you, kids, uh, significant other, something like that. I personally like to pack uh, nuts, almonds, uh, pistachios, cashews, things like that, for two reasons. One, it's healthy source of fat. They're good. Most people like them unless you have a nut allergy. Two, if you're eating nuts, you get full fairly quickly, and it'll really hold you over until you can get to where you're going and have a good substantial meal. Um, so nuts are good. Beef jerky is a good option. Dried fruit I found is really good, or like things that don't really need to be refrigerated like bananas, oranges, apples, that kind of stuff you can get. Uh, the only thing about that, especially oranges and bananas, you end up with a peel. It's kind of messy. I personally really like uh, like raisins, figs, uh, prunes, dry you know dried fruit like that you can get in big bags, especially at like Sam's Club or Costco, whatever you have near you. 
Uh, and I know it sounds hippie, but like if you've got some beef jerky, some nuts, and some fruit, you've got your proteins, carbs, and fats handled. Uh, you can munch on eat all three of those during your trip. It's going to keep you full and satiated. You're going to have a little bit of fruit to handle your sweet tooth. You're getting some micronutrients in, so even though you're just sitting on your ass for hours and hours, you're still getting some vitamins and some fiber. And then once you get to where you're going, you can feel a little bit better about the food that you've been eating for the last eight hours. It hasn't been completely junk food. And you can go ahead and relax a little bit, have a good satiating meal, maybe splurge on some pizza or something like that with the family, and then go to bed. And you really didn't just go crazy for that entire day. But anyway, that's my three, uh, my top three road trip tips. Uh, you know, there's a, I mean, there's a, ha- a half a dozen things you could recommend before taking a long road trip. Uh, but those are the probably the number one, the well, the top three things that I try to handle uh, personally. Um, before making a long road trip across, the, especially across the country. Um, and speaking of checking routine vehicle maintenance, uh, of course I'm in my, my only vehicle, my daily driver. Uh, I drove it to Maryland, uh, and I did actually have some repairs done recently involving the front end suspension and things like that, which I did touch on in a previous podcast. But up until now, I haven't had any other issues with it. It's been running good. Uh, but one thing I didn't really think about until today is that it's been pretty chilly in Maryland up until the past maybe week and on my short drives to work or to the gym early in the morning or in the afternoons I don't really run the air conditioning that much Uh, if I do it's only for brief moments Uh, but now it's like 80 degrees and I was in the car all day driving and so I had the AC running and I noticed about three hours into the trip uh, and I had about an eight hour drive uh, today about three three and a half hours in the AC starts blowing a little bit warmer than normal and it's starting to get a little bit hot in the cab of the car so I'm thinking Okay, what's going on? I turn the it's, I have it on auto, so I turn the thermostat all the way to the coldest setting. I turn the fan all the way up. It's still barely blowing out of the vents. It's not that cold. It's I'm starting to sweat. I'm like, obviously, uh, it's not cooling like it should. It's not working like it should. Um, you know, it seems like it's running low on on coolant. Um, so I, I find in my route the closest auto parts store. I pull over to AutoZone. I go in. I get a can of the, uh, you know, like what you would use to, to fill up your, or to top off, really. I don't know. If, I don't think it would be enough to, to fill up if it was completely empty. But the little cans of refrigerant that you can get, they usually have like a, a quick connect that goes on your low pressure line and then a little gauge of some sort, a trigger. Uh, basically just a can of coolant made for the average person to be able to fill their, uh, fill their, air conditioning system on their car with refrigerant so I'm hoping that I don't have a leak or something else has gone wrong hopefully the compressor's not gone bad because I certainly don't have the time or the finances to mess with that something like that but anyway I put the entire can of refrigerant in the car uh, the gauge is reading on the can is reading low uh, and it honestly even after the whole can's gone in it really didn't even hardly budge the gauge so I'm thinking, what the hell? I get in the vehicle, turn the AC back on full blast. Still nothing. It's not hardly cooling. Uh, and I noticed that my 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 low pressure side on the air conditioning uh, under the hood is actually the line is is freezing over. Which, if all this sounds like Japanese to you, I apologize. But basically, that just is uh, indication that there's probably a leak or that there's moisture or air in the lines uh, from being either too low on coolant or a leak in the line somewhere, uh, causing it to freeze up. So. At this point, basically what I'm saying is I'm thinking the worst, right? So like something's going to need fixed, whatever. 
On top of that, it's Memorial Day weekend. So on as I get back on the road, I just turn the AC off and roll the windows down because I'm frustrated and it's hot and, the, and it's not working. So, you know, I might as well. And I start calling. Uh, I'm headed to Columbia, South Carolina, about three hours out, three and a half hours out at this point. So I start making phone calls to every shop I can just find on Google. And this is what I mean by checking these things in advance because you don't want to be in this position when you're in the middle of your road trip. You're not trying to worry about vehicle maintenance. So luckily I'd left early enough in the morning to where I was going to be getting into town around two or three o'clock. Uh, so it wasn't super late. But at the same time, as I said, Memorial Day weekend, almost every shop that even comes up is either closed or they're closing early, like noon, 2 p.m. I'm not going to get in town until almost 3.30. And I'm going through and I'm calling, I'm calling. The ones that are open, of course, they're all booked up till next Tuesday. That's what they all say, right? They can't get me in. They can't get me in. The Land Rover dealership can't get me in. Nobody, I mean, I've called every shop. And I get like on the third page of Google results, and there's one of these precision auto cares, like just, you know, commercial, run-of-the-mill, get-your-old-change type mechanic shop. Doesn't have good reviews, you know, but it's in Columbia. Guy answers the phone, super friendly right off the bat. I'm like, hey, man, you know, it's, my, it's basically the last call I'm going to make before just saying fuck it. It's kind of where I'm at in my head. So I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to be getting into town in a few hours. I'm just passing through on a long road trip. I was calling to see if it would be possible to get in to have my AC charged, right? Charged basically just meaning refilling the Freon because I'm crossing my fingers that that's what the issue is. Right away, he's like, sure, man, no problem. Just bring it right in. We'll get right to it. And I'm kind of caught off guard. I'm like, really? Like, you don't? I don't need an appointment? Or like, I can just come right in, 3.30 or so, be good? Yeah, man, bring it on by. I'll get to it. Awesome. So, I get off the phone with him. I'm cruising down the road. At this point, I've had about a half hour with the windows down, with the AC off. Um, I decide, you know what? Let's just turn it back on and see what's happening. So, I roll the windows up, turn the AC back on. Wouldn't you know it? It's blowing, freezing cold, high pressure, working perfectly. Uh, and basically, what I think happened was the line had frozen over due to some air in the line or something like that. In the time that I had made the phone calls and had it turned off, it given that line time to thaw out. And all the freon and everything that's in there, the moisture that's in the system to thaw and allow air to flow freely again. So when I turned it back on, it was working and cooling for the time being. And funny enough, the air conditioning actually worked all the way until I got into Columbia. So for the rest of that three and a half hour trip, it worked flawlessly. But who's to say it wouldn't have quit working tomorrow whenever I start this trip again? So anyway, uh, I get to the auto shop. I go up to the front desk. The guy instantly recognizes me. Like, yeah, man, bring it all around. I pull up, instantly pull to the bay. He hooks his machine to it, checks the levels. Levels were all screwed up. There was way too much pressure on the high pressure side, hardly none on the low pressure side. It had too much cooling in it, blah, 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 blah. Who knows what the reason was for the life. As long as I've had the vehicle, I've never had to charge or maintenance the air conditioning system. So uh, who knows what the cause was, but it probably needed it anyway. Uh, and it's just something I didn't think to do before leaving. So that's why I'm reminding you we got it all drained out uh, pulled a vacuum on the system put new Freon in it got all the levels balanced and set to the proper specs uh, and it's cooling like a charm and to top it all off after it was all said and done I was there for about a half hour he didn't charge me a dime we shook hands he said have a good day so super thankful for that if you're ever in a pinch and you're in Columbia South Carolina hit up Precision Auto Care uh, I think there's only one of them. There might be more than one. I don't even remember the address of the one I went to, but 
Uh, super friendly guys, a very unsuspecting appearance. When you pull up, you're thinking, why am I here? I'm in the wrong part of town for sure. Uh, but the guys are super helpful, and uh, my vehicle's, the AC is working perfectly now. So super pumped about that. But anyway, uh, after I had that situation handled and felt a lot less stressed out, I drove on to the Airbnb, which actually was in a much better part of town. I'm actually only about three blocks from uh, the University of South, Car South Carolina, the Gamecocks uh, campus. And actually, after I got to the Airbnb, got unpacked and all that, I drove, I, no, I didn't drive, I walked, actually, because uh, I'd been in the car for so long, I felt like walking around, and like I said, it's only about three or four blocks away, so I figured I'll go walk around and check it out. So I walked over to the campus, uh, looked around for a while, took some cool pictures, really beautiful campus, most SEC campuses are that way, uh, tons of money in these universities, obviously, big sporting programs, uh, big uh, student bodies, but really a gorgeous campus um, nice houses in this area nice little downtown sort of pub bar restaurant hipster kind of scene going on uh, so I walked around for a little while uh, drove over had a uh, big helping of barbecue as I said eating nuts and dried fruit and things like that on the way here just to kind of hold myself over once I got into town I definitely wanted to get some good food and I thought you know I've always heard about Carolina barbecue and uh, having never been to the Carolinas, obviously I've never had it from the source, so I googled uh, best barbecue in uh, Columbia, South Carolina. Of course, half a dozen or two dozen places came up, but I picked one that looked good. I think they were actually rated 2018 top bar. It was in some list. It was like the top barbecue places uh, in every state, and for South Carolina, this was the one. Um, and let me see on my phone here what the name of it was. Maurice's Maurice's barbecue shout out uh, I got the four meat plate because I ain't no bitch you know what I'm saying uh, actually it's because they only had a one meat a two meat which aren't enough uh, they did not have three meat which is what I probably would have gotten so from two it went up to four and they also didn't they were out of ribs which is frustrating so I ended up getting uh, pulled pork obviously beef brisket obviously uh, and then I was going to get ribs, but they didn't have them. And the, the other two were kind of a toss-up. I didn't want chicken tenders. So I got smoked chicken wings, which actually ended up being probably one of the best things on the plate. And then pulled chicken, just because that was all the other really else they had left besides fried chicken tenders. I didn't want that. So um, Baked beans, fried okra, because, I mean, goat. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they bring it out. It looks awesome. It ended up being delicious. Uh, in Carolina, I don't know if you know, I don't, I don't know if, I, I want to say this is like a Carolina thing, but it may just be this restaurant thing, uh, but I don't think that's right. I think it's a Carolina thing. They use a mustard-based barbecue sauce, a more tangy, sort of vinegary uh, barbecue sauce. This place was actually yellow. It looked like honey mustard, uh, and it kind of tasted like honey mustard, to be honest, with a little more hickory and sweetness like a barbecue. It was like a blend of honey mustard and barbecue sauce. Very, very good. Uh, smashed that whole thing. From there, I took a trip over to uh, Conquest Brewing, which was actually a little bit out of the way, but it ended up being right beside the Gamecock Stadium, which looks like a freaking NFL arena, like huge football stadium, uh, a little ways away from the campus, just behind it sort of in the back of like an industrial park looking thing uh, very unexpected area there's a brewery conquest brewing a uh, small tap room but pretty cool space they actually had 
uh, Mario Kart on projector screen right there in the brew space. Like you're, you're playing Mario Kart and right behind you is the fermentation tanks and the, you know, and everything, uh, the boil kettle. Uh, super cool space. Little tap room. They had like 10 or 11 beers on tap. Pretty good variety. Of course, they had several IPAs and pale ales, but they also had Hefeweizen, uh, Scotch Ale, a Porter, a Stout, a Coffee IPA. I actually ended up having a New England IPA shamelessly. Uh, I don't, I've gotten to the point where I don't really order those very much, but this one caught my attention because, uh, this one actually featured soursop and I didn't know what soursop is either. So if you had that confused look on your face, uh, I had to Google it as well. It's like this, I, I think it's a fruit. I don't even know what kind of tree it grows on. It looks kind of just Google soursop, all one word, sour SOP. Uh, it's like a green sort of looks like a dragon egg it's got like black seeds inside of it and it's just a weird looking fruit uh, apparently they made a puree out of it uh, tossed it in with some uh, oh I forget what kind of hops they were Calypso maybe something like that um, wasn't Eucanaut I want to say I want to say Calypso for some reason but anyway, it was a it was a slightly tart. Uh, it, to me, it really tasted like pineapple. I thought, he, and in fact, I didn't really hear him the first time. I thought he said pineapple puree after drinking it. I'm like, that has to be what it was because it tasted just like pineapple to me. Uh, but very fruity, very tropical, slightly tart, uh, hazy. Good example of a New England IPA, honestly, and was a little bit unsuspecting from South Carolina, but it was tasty. Um, so I had a full pint of that. I also had a pint of a uh, porter that they had on nitro. Uh, it was good. I didn't really like the pour as much. I felt like for a nitro beer, I felt like he was kind of babying the tap a little bit. Maybe there was a reason for that, but it didn't have as much of a frothy head on it as I would have liked. Uh, the porter was a little bit translucent. It was kind of light. It wasn't very dark and robust which I guess is fine you don't necessarily need that to, for it to be a porter but it's kind of what I like in a porter but then again it wasn't a stout it was tasty it was pretty chocolatey kind of hazelnut uh, I would almost call it more of a, a nut brown probably but nonetheless uh, it was good and I enjoyed the experience um, Anyway, if you're hearing this podcast right now, uh, it's probably either Memorial Day or the day after Memorial Day, uh, and all of this that you're, I'm currently talking about is actually happening the weekend before, so I'm recording this podcast uh, Saturday night uh, before Memorial Day, the 20, May 26th. I just want to try to keep on schedule here, as I know I'm going to be doing a lot of visiting and getting things ready for the, for the second leg of the trip on Monday so I won't have time to record this podcast when I normally would so I figured I would sit down in my Airbnb chat with you guys kind of give you an update on what's going on um, as I said driving across the country right now uh, hope your Memorial Day was good if you're going to the lake I'm actually planning on driving up probably uh, to a lake in Arkansas Monday morning and spending at least the day with the girlfriend and her family up there hopefully the weather's warm still uh, trying to get a little bit of R&R in before the second half of this trip. But honestly, I still have a lot of packing to do. I don't have any summer clothes uh, packed in my suitcases at all. Everything I have is for the winter. Everything is long sleeve pants. I have some t-shirts, but, uh, you know, sweatpants and blue jeans and, like, chinos and things like that. So even today, like, walking around campus and stuff here in South Carolina, I was wearing joggers because I didn't have 
shorts to wear and it's like 85 degrees so uh, I got to get all of my summer clothes out of storage I need to go through all that stuff I got to visit from family I need to change the oil in my car uh, just lots of things to handle lots of stuff to get done uh, per usual uh, it seems like it's always that way between these jobs uh, partly my fault you know because I, I could take a little more time between contracts if I wanted uh, without getting into my work a little too much the nature of it but uh, I do have the option to kind of pick and choose my start dates for the most part but I just don't like taking a lot of time off you know I like I like keeping the paychecks coming keeping the pace uh, and going somewhere new and kind of exploring and I don't really like to spend a lot of time in Arkansas so not that I don't like my family or anything like that but you know I just I, I've, I've, I've grown to love traveling and that and that's what I like doing so uh, but heading home with uh, quite a few beers actually I know I've talked about this in the past and posted some pictures but I've got like four boxes of homebrew uh, cases rather in the car at this moment uh, ended up sealing up the rest of that black IPA hope you watched the video on the B-side black IPA by the way if you did not head over to the Hi-Hat Brewing Facebook page it's still live there um, I posted a video a little bit of clips from the uh, brew day footage and then tasting of the black IPA really excited with how that one turned out uh, over four ounces of hops in one gallon of beer and it's actually drinking really smoothly six and a half percent um, some good tropical orange hops up front good resinous piney sort of west coast bitterness on the back end um, basically recorded that video and then pulled the tap and seal I had that one gallon mini keg that I kegged it in uh, and I've I got a cap for it uh, so the the cap that has the ball lock fittings on the top actually unscrews and then I have just a regular flat seal that will screw on top of it to sort of just seal it as if it were a growler so uh, I screwed that on there sanitized it screwed it on real tight put it in the cooler with some ice in the car so I'm hoping that that's seal. I actually haven't ever used that before so fingers crossed that it actually is a seal otherwise I'm going to end up with flat oxidized IPA by the time I get to Arkansas but Hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully I can share that with some friends and it's still bubbly. Uh, I guess worst case scenario, I can put the tap back on it and uh, force carbonate it. Um, probably going to unload a lot of those. So I've got the Imperial Porter in 22 ounce bottles and I've got the American Barley Wine in 22 ounce bottles. Both of those I'm likely going to leave in Jonesboro. I was kind of talking about this uh, with Eric a little bit. I'm like, you know, if we're going to be traveling together and going to these faraway places for three to six months at a time and only coming home in between jobs excuse my computer uh, only coming home between jobs it would be kind of cool to like have a case of homebrew that's a pretty high alcohol that we can just leave at the Jonesboro apartment or at the Arkansas apartment to sort of let it age and then we won't be tempted to drink it because we'll be gone and it'll be controlled dark temperature controlled environment and then when we come back home three or six months later the beer will be there and it'll be ready to drink so that that could be kind of a cool project I'm gonna start that at least uh, with the porter and with the barley wine and then maybe see where it goes in the future but I've got several bottles of each of those I'm gonna leave behind um, I'm probably gonna take a few I do have a couple of 12 ounces of each we'll probably take to California with us um, just you know because I want to see what they're to come along and honestly I kind of have a sneaking suspicion just from the samples of the barley wine that I tasted that it's actually going to be pretty good right out of the gate. Uh, I think it'll be okay to age. Obviously, it's like over 11%. It's got a lot of bitterness, tons of hops, but I think, I mean, it seems like it's going to be pretty good 
like almost triple IPA status fresh. So I've got a couple 12 ounce bottles of it that I'm going to crack open probably in the next, the first couple of weeks that I'm in California. So stay tuned for that. I'll definitely post at least some updates on what that's drinking like. I'll definitely be posting pictures uh, getting into California. Maybe uh, got a couple of ideas for some early brew sessions or uh, alcohol beverage production. Maybe not beer, hint, hint, but something in a keg, something fermented, something with alcohol uh, might be doing in the first couple of weeks that we get there. So stay tuned for that. Uh, appreciate you guys for listening. I'm going to go ahead and hit the bed, get this uploaded, uh, get ready. I'm probably going to wake up early, hit the gym. I like to do that before the road trip just to kind of get the body moving. Uh, that's another tip if you want to call it a bonus. You know, get up, get active, kind of move around, get a little workout in, or maybe just go do 30 minutes on the treadmill or something before you get in the car because sitting that long, even if it's in an airplane, you know, you can apply all these tips. Obviously, you're not going to check your, your vehicle air conditioning before you get on an airplane but if you're going to sit for that long you know really plan it out take some snacks be active you know try not to be a slob for the entire day i think you'll feel much better appreciate you guys as always for checking in thanks for watching the videos please continue to do so follow hi-hat brewing everywhere that you can follow anybody and i'll catch you guys in the next one cheers <laughs>